0: Hey there, if we didn't get a chance to meet earlier, my name is J.D. Mangrum, and I have the privilege of being the pastor of Christ Church Charlestown. I wanna tell you also, it's a privilege that you would be here today Whether you're a local or you're from far away, whether you're a regular attender of Christ Church Charlestown, or maybe this is your first or second time, we count it as a high honor that you would be here. I also want to mention to you today, I want to totally encourage you to talk in church. Uh, The little streaming sort of texting part of Facebook Live and even the comment section on YouTube, we want to free you to ask questions, to say whatever you want to say, to chime in as the service goes along, as the message goes along today. Uh, If you haven't been with us before, well, we're in the middle of a series called Soundtrack. What does your life sound like? We want to be talking about sort of gospel themes about how our life should sound like God and the gospel if we are followers of Jesus, and maybe even if we're not, because God is ultimately good, and whenever we reflect goodness, we reflect something of God, and so today, each week, we're, we're sharing an album that's a favorite album of mine, and some of you have shared some of your favorite albums. would encourage you to record that Continue to do that. Today, the album of mine that I want to share with you is Singing in the Rain. Uh, this is the original 1952 movie soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie or not. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. One of my favorites, we keep it actually in a little plastic case because I want to take care of it. It's probably the oldest record that Natalie and I have, and I love it so much uh, because I love the I love the movie. I'm a junkie for the movie. I love the songs in it. There's Make Laugh and Singing in the Rain and then Good Morning. Some of those have been cultural touch points. They've been in commercials and other things. When I hear the album i think of two things one i think of my sweet wife natalie it makes me want to dance with her and just uh just reminds me again for 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 a thousand reasons what made me fall in love with her and then second if you don't know the plot of the movie it's set in 1927 It's about an actor, a famous actor in the silent films, who is seeing the industry uh, of uh, the movie industry totally change and revolutionize as talkies, talking movies are becoming the thing. And so he's adapting. The industry is changing. His friend and his sort of uh, love interest are beginning to pivot into this new world of film. And even in the midst of all this chaos and change that they're going through, when I listen to the album and watch the movie, I hear. Hope and I hear joy and I hear love and I hear uh, friendship and community, and these things just come at you in waves and waves as you listen to the album. It's really there's funny parts of it, there's just sweet parts of it. It's a great, great soundtrack and one of my favorites because, in the midst of chaos and change, you still hear all of this goodness, and that would be the sort of thing we're aiming at today. Does your life sound confident? and sure and loving and hopeful and joyful in the midst of chaos and change. Now, typically, if you come to Christ Church Charlestown, if you watch on a Sunday, I'll read a passage of the Bible, and then we'll go verse by verse through it. Today, it'll be a little differently. We're going to talk about five things that don't change in the middle of chaos, and for each one, we're just going to have a verse from the Bible. I think these are consistent. I know they're consistent, quite frankly, with the themes of the Bible, and so I want to point these things out to you that we see over and over in the old testament and the new testament as we talk through it uh the message today is is not a like i'm not reading a message but i'm i'm Pivoting this off of an article called Seven Things the Coronavirus Hasn't Changed by Stephen Whitmer. Uh, He's a pastor up in Pepperell, Massachusetts. Hope I said that right. You can tell I'm not from here if I messed it up. And it was shared on the Gospel Coalition's uh, website. So I hope your life sounds like uh, singing in the rain with confidence in chaos. But we've got to begin with this question. What doesn't change in chaos? What in our lives in the middle of chaos doesn't change? A few things. One, I think that absolutely doesn't change in the middle of chaos is God. Now, maybe you're like me. Once upon a time in my life, I thought that God and his love would change based on my performance. And so spiritually, I was paranoid, I felt guilty a lot because I thought if I did good, God would bless me and love me and like me and lean toward me. But if I did bad and sin, then God would lean away or he would punish me. But the truth is, my experience has told me uh, in alignment with the Bible that God doesn't change. God doesn't change. No matter how much I love God and lean in, Or how much I wander away from God with a wandering heart and lean away. God never moves. In fact, God is constantly looking for us. In the middle of chaos, God doesn't change. Hebrews 13.8 tells us this really powerfully. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Listen, COVID-19 is a byproduct of living in a fallen and broken world. It's not God's punishment on us for doing bad. It's just part of living in a messed up world. Nothing ever changes God's power, his love, his character, or his control. He's in control. God doesn't change. Now, I know this is going to provoke some tough questions. So let me just say, I would be totally glad to follow up. In fact, in the comment section, if you want to follow up on this or you have questions about this, feel free just to say, JD, reach out to me or JD, let's connect. I'd love to talk this through. Or You can email me or you can text us at the touch points with the church. I would love to talk through this with you. These aren't simple Realities are simple truths, but just um, because they're complex doesn't mean that they're not true. God doesn't change in the middle of chaos. The second thing that doesn't change in the middle of chaos is God's word. Just like God doesn't change, God's word doesn't change. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this, written 700 years before Jesus will be born, says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. From the oldest Jewish scriptures to the last book of the Bible written, we see over and over from Genesis 1 to the last chapter of Revelation that God's word does not change. It stands forever. Now, we can't, we got to be careful with the Bible. Uh, Maybe you've been like me, there have been times in my life where I've needed to hear from God, I've needed his presence, and I've just kind of said, God, give me a word. And I would open my Bible and just put my finger down and whatever that verse said was going to be true for my life. Boy, that has gotten me into some stinky situations at times. We can't do that. Like we can't make the Bible mean for us what it never meant. We can't rip verses of the Bible from their context or abuse God's word or act like we're an authority up over God's word. We have to see God's word and ourselves in their proper context. Part of Humility to become humble as a Christian is to realize that God is big and his word is big and authoritative and, and we're quite small and insignificant in the grand scheme of things. As we sort of center ourselves in reality, we are able to see that God's word is really, really big. So once we see that though, we realize that God's promises, the promises of God in the Bible don't change. Despite our sins, despite our doubts, despite our faithlessness, despite all of that, his promises in the Bible have never proven untrue. God has never contradicted His word in my life. Now, let me tell you, I've been to seminary I've had the privilege of being uh, in ministry for 20 years. I've had the privilege of living on planet earth for 42 years, uh, over 35 of those years as a follower of Jesus. And I can promise you, this isn't something I've learned in a book. This is something I've personally experienced. God's promises don't fail. He's true to his word. We can count on his word. But third thing that doesn't change in chaos or in sort of crazy cultural situations is his love. God doesn't change, his word doesn't change, his love doesn't change. Psalm 136, one through three says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love, his covenant love, his chesed, his grace endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. And this psalm goes on and on and on. And after every phrase, at the end of every verse, it says, for his steadfast love endures forever. His covenant love, that Hebrew word we love as a church, chesed, it doesn't change. God's love doesn't change. And so we can praise him in the midst of chaos. God has not stopped loving you and me, nor has he gone AWOL. God's not on vacation. God's not taking a nap. His love does not change. Events in our life may not make sense, but we don't have all the facts yet. And we don't see everything from God's perspective. His love never changes. I, on the other hand, can have a love that's super fickle. Uh, I'm not perfect, and the people who know me best can tell you that uh, the clearest. I'm a work in progress. I need grace, and because I'm not perfect, because I'm human, because I'm sinful, a saint in God's eyes, because I've accepted Christ, and yet still living in the flesh and still a man made from dust, uh, I do change, and my love can fluctuate based on circumstances, and yours can too, but God's love never, ever Changes, Events may not make sense. He may do things that I say, well, God, that wasn't loving. Why did you let that happen? The truth is I don't see from his perspective and I'm not perfect. And he sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And he's up to something may not make sense to me yet. I don't have all the facts. So in chaos, we can lean in and believe that God is loving. In my house right now, I don't know if you've got kids or what it's like. In my house, my kids want to be on the Hobbit's uh, meal plan. Do you remember the Hobbit's from the Lord of the Rings? They had breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies. uh, There was lunch. There was afternoon snack. There was dinner. And then there was supper or like a bedtime snack for them, right? That's the meal plan that no and no one want to be on right now. And in love, Natalie and I say, guys, you can't eat seven meals a day. That would not be loving. So sometimes they're like, well, you don't, they haven't said that we don't love them, but you can look at the disappointment in their eyes and know mom and dad don't love us. They won't let us do whatever we want. And God's love is similar. God, uh, We would say, God, why did you do this? I didn't like when you did that. I wanted this. And God would say, I love you. I'm doing the best for you. And I've got a big picture, not just this moment. Our boundaries with our boys don't, our boundaries and their disappointment are proof of our love, not the opposite. See, they think in that moment that that's lovelessness, whereas in truth, us saying no is actually our love same with the Lord. Sometimes what we think is his lovelessness or maybe him taking a nap is actually his total love at work in our life. The fourth thing that doesn't change uh, in chaos is God's purpose. God's purposes don't change in chaos. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. We're rejoicing actually in God and his salvation if you read the previous three verses. He says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We rejoice in trials. Peter says, we can rejoice in trials because God, like a a goldsmith refining gold in fire so that the impurities come to the top and then he scrapes them off as it cools so that the gold reflects the image of, of the goldsmith. God is allowing trials in our life so that he can scrape away impurities so we look more like Jesus. God's purpose doesn't change in the middle of chaos. And man, that's good news. God is going somewhere with your life and God is going somewhere with my life and in your neighbor's lives and in our family's lives. God's going somewhere with everyone's life. There's a great quote uh, by a friend of Joni Erickson Tata, a guy named Steve Estes. And he said, God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. God permits what he hates sometimes to accomplish what he loves. This moment isn't stopping or changing God's purpose for your life. This moment is in fact how he is accomplishing his purpose in our lives. Man, pastors and Christians have told me, JD, after this, I'm going to, as if this is like life is on pause right now and we're waiting and then when this is over we're going to get to that real thing. Let me tell you with all the love I have in my heart, this is the real thing. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the thing. Don't wait to kick a habit or start a habit or call a loved one or give your life to Jesus or live generously. Don't wait to share the gospel with a friend. Don't wait to forgive yourself to forgive someone else. Listen, this is the moment God's purposes haven't changed or even hit pause because of where we find ourselves. And the fifth thing that doesn't change in chaos, God, his word, his love, his purpose. And then the fifth thing is eternity doesn't change because of this moment. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. I'll be honest, there is almost nothing that makes me more uncomfortable as a pastor than preaching about heaven and hell. I've never been there. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure you haven't either. And so uh, I'm speaking about something when we talk about eternity that I haven't experienced. A lot of the other biblical truths I've personally experienced, the four we've shared today, I've experienced but not this one. And so I don't ever want to sound arrogant or like I've got all this figured out, but God has been true in my life about everything else uh, that the the Bible talks about. Um, Some of it, not in my timing, but all of it true. And so I have to believe also he's being honest and truthful about eternity as well. COVID-19 is reshaping our journey, but it is not reshaping our journey's end. COVID-19 is reshaping our journey, but it is not reshaping our journeys end. Even as things change, the mortality rate is still 100%, and we were all made for eternity. We're all made for eternity. For the ones who's accepted God's free gift of grace, his gracious offer of salvation and love and forgiveness, to hear that God has shaped us for eternity is a comfort. Like, I hear that, and I go, oh, okay. Okay, for the one who is not sure who's still going it alone, or maybe they're delaying following Jesus, or they're trying to deny or try all these different paths to get to God. I get that. Maybe you're trying to earn your way to God. I get that. I I get all of those things. But let me tell you, or let me... um, Just wonder if maybe that causes some spiritual uncertainty and anxiety that God didn't intend for you to carry for a long time. See, in the middle of chaos, we can be confident about eternity and we can have eternal peace and a relationship with God that he accomplished for us if we'll trust him. Friends, we were made for eternity. This is the dress rehearsal. Eternity is the great drama. This is the practice. Eternity is the big game. This is the dream. Eternity is the coming reality. Philippians 3, 20 through 4, 1 says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our passport, Christian, says that our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we're heading with this thing. And from heaven, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power of, but enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul urged them, stand firm, dig the cleats in, hold your ground, dig in, stand firm in the Lord. And that leads today to the big idea. If there's one big idea idea today, I want you to hear it. It's this right here, unchanging realities Produce unshakable Christians in uncertain times. Unchangeable realities produce unshakable Christians in uncertain times. When we anchor in, dig in, dig the cleats in to these things that don't Change and there's more. I'd love to hear from you what the other unshakable, unchanging truths are, even in chaos. Unshakable. When we dig into these unshakable truths, uh, unchanging truths and realities, they produce in us an unshakable faith, even in uncertain times. When you're afraid or sad or unsure or angry, you can first know that it's okay to feel those things. I've had a lot of Christians lately say, "Is it okay?" But I'm angry. Is it okay, but I'm sad? Is it okay, but I'm grieving? Yes, yes, yes. It's part of being human. It's not sinful to feel those things. But then second thing you can know in those moments, you can lean into God and into his word and into his love and into his purposes for your life. And his love is seen most clearly at the cross. Lean in in those moments. You don't have to be brave. You don't have to be stoic. You don't have to act happy. You don't have to act at all. You don't even have to have all the answers. You definitely don't have to throw Bible verses at yourself or at others. You just need to come to the Lord and rest and abide in these truths. So let me share one last scripture with you today. It comes from the Hebrew, the Jewish uh, worship, worship manual, worship guide, Psalm, the book of Psalms, Psalm 46, one through three says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear that the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. When chaos is happening all around us, chaos does not have to be happening in us. Because God is our sure anchor. He is our hope. His word is true. His love is unchanging. His purpose does not relent. And eternity is real. In the middle of cultural chaos, our lives can sound confident. Not in ourselves, but in God and in his loving control. And therefore, our lives can sound joyful and hopeful and loving. Now, I want to call you to an action step today. I wanna encourage you to write those five things down and, and maybe the scriptures if you, if you remember to. So here they were once more. God, his love, his word, his purpose, and eternity. These things don't change. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for eternity. I thank you that this isn't it. So when we come into moments like this, we never have to feel alone, And we never have to feel like we're being punished. And we certainly don't have to feel like we got some sort of B-rate throwaway version of this life. Because this wasn't the point anyhow. The point is eternity. So God, I pray today, Lord, first of all, I pray we haven't oversimplified things. I pray that what is true from you, people have heard. Uh, what would be confusing would be for me, and I pray that people's hearts would have walls around those things, and I pray that people would hear you whisper love to them. Father, for the church, for the people who are followers of Jesus, I pray that they would rest in these truths, that in the midst of chaos and confusion culturally, uh, that these things, these unsh- these un. Un- unshakable truths would uh, would produce unshakable Christians. These things don't change. Help us lean into that. Help us lean into that. Father, I pray for the ones who are watching who aren't followers of you yet. They've never given their life to you. and, uh, and Or God, that maybe they're just not sure. Maybe they've even been religious, but they felt so much guilt and uncertainty. I pray that from the quietness of wherever they are right now, they would just in their hearts say, God, I turn to you today. I turn away from me. I turn to you. I trust that Jesus's work at the cross was enough to save and forgive me and to give me relationship. God, right now, I receive you into my life. Lord, I pray every week that our lives are starting to sound more like, the God, like God in the gospel. And I pray that we would make much of you in these times. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.